everybody. Hey, I bet you're busy, so I'm going to make this quick. My name is Jesse. I'm an elementary art teacher, so usually what that means is that I push my classroom from room to room on an art cart. So yeah, I'm literally turning cartwheels. I'm also a martial arts instructor, so I'm also doing cartwheels in the dojo. I'm a Comic-Con vendor, a husband, a pet owner, an illustrator, a college night class instructor, a brother, a puppet enthusiast, an uncle, a YouTuber, I guess, uh, a son, and a podcaster, just to name a few. For me, the wheels are always turning. And in a world where more and more is being asked of us, it's enough to make your head spin. If you've felt overwhelmed and lost, well, so have I. And I don't claim to know the answers, but I'm happy to look things up. So join me at cartwheelspodcast.com for the latest episodes of the Turning Cartwheels Podcast. I'd really appreciate it. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, Jordan, your usual drink tonight? Yes, thank you. So, where's Eric and Ryan? Well, they're on their way. I wanted to listen to your latest podcast, but where can I download the episodes again? You can download all of our episodes at movieguyspodcast.podme.com. You can also find us on every social media platform. Every social media platform? That's awesome. Hey, it looks like your friends are here. Let me get the first round for you guys. So, I was asked by one of you, why are we choosing this movie? And I'm like, Stephen King. And it's like, okay. And I'm saying the same thing at this movie. Okay. Um, this movie has happened. I have seen this movie. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I didn't know this movie happened. I didn't know this movie happened at all until you had, you had mentioned it. And when you had first mentioned it, I thought it was a new movie. It is not. This is, a, is at least a year uh, at least uh, when it was, oh no, it was it was in the film festival since September 2019. I could I swore it was made a little bit earlier than that. Either way, it is a movie that did not get a lot of press. Um, I did not know anything about it. Stephen King is attached to this in production only. Is that right? Yeah. Because he, I don't think. Uh, oh, this is based on In the Tall Grass, which is a novella by his son. Him and his son, yeah. Of the same name, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, you know why? Uh, that makes actually a lot of sense why this movie caught the attention of the of director um, uh, Vince Natale is uh, because this plays like every one of his movies. So, I don't know. Ryan, did you know a lot about this? You seem to be... Excuse me, more well-versed in the Stephen King universe than I. No, I had no idea this movie existed. When Jordan first uh, put it on the schedule, I was thinking it was the Thomas Jane starring one from earlier last year. I think it's 1922 or something like that. You know, I was kind of eager to watch it because I like Thomas Jane. You know, he's pretty he's pretty cool. Uh, his movies are mostly shit, but he's pretty cool. Uh, and the last Stephen King adaptation he was in, The Mist, is really good. Uh, so color me shocked when I got through this piece of garbage. 
<laughs> so, oh my god, your expectations had to be so low. Hey, honey, I'm gonna watch this Thomas King, Stephen King movie. Yay! This 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 Thomas Jane, Stephen King movie. Yay! Where the fuck is Thomas Jane? Where's Thomas He's Jane? Credits yeah. roll. Where the fuck was Thomas Jane? Well, here's the thing, right? I started I, I started looking at it, and I was like, well, Thomas Jane isn't in this, but it has Patrick Wilson. Right. He's pretty cool. I like. I really like Patrick Wilson. He's wow. There's this movie called Barry Monday. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's from 2010. I absolutely, absolutely adore that movie. And he's the lead in it. He's fucking hysterical. And I, I was, you know, I was like, well, you know, he plays a prominent part in this movie. It may be, it may be bad because the opening is, is not good. I was like, but it may be bad, but at least Patrick Wilson will, will, will be good. And uh, I was correct. The movie's dog shit. He's pretty good. Well, <laughs> well, well. I unfortunately. And I'm saying that very honestly. I unfortunately am very aware of Barry Monday. You made me watch that garbage. So. Oh, I love that movie. I know you do. So the reason why that this is on the schedule is because since we're trying to change everything up here with Movie Guys podcast with because of what's going on in the world right now with current events, I'm trying to think of movies that we could watch on Netflix. And we are pretty successful when it comes to our horror stuff. And uh, our Stephen King uh, series has done pretty well with it, Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. We also did a Dark Towers uh, review as well. So I figured, hey, let's just give one a shot. And Stephen King and his son, I mean, this has to be really good, right? Oh, boy. So right off the bat, I'm just going to just say this right off the bat. I'm curious what you guys feel. This movie, there's two cuts. Ryan told me about this, and I was shocked. So, Ryan, I'll let you tell that story in a second. But this movie would have been a wonderful 30-minute short film. Wonderful. Sure. It went on way too long. So, Eric, before you chime in, Ryan, can you please tell Eric, because I don't know if he knows, the shocker that you told me today about why this movie's so long. So long. It's hour 41 minutes, by the way. Yes, yes, yes I'm very well aware of the length of this movie. <laughs> there are two cuts. Now, what I do uh, every time I watch a movie... What? regardless if it's for movie guys or on my own i always when i get done watching the movie i always read i always look over its wikipedia page entry and its imdb page entry and i look at the trivia and all this stuff so i look up in the tall grass on wikipedia and i notice in the i don't know like the main uh grouping where it's got director like writer producer star whatever there are two cuts two cuts of this movie uh the extended version is the one that I sat through at 141 minutes, and the shortened version, I'm assuming the regular version, I don't know if they're both on Netflix, uh, is 90 minutes. Now, 90 minutes for this movie is still too long, way too long, <laughs> but I sat through the additional 11, and I gotta say, I'm uh, I'm a little perturbed. I'm a little perturbed. So, so Ryan's perturbed. Eric, you told me that you actually quite enjoy this, So, so let's get into this movie. I want to know what the fuck is going on. So, without giving a synopsis, I guess the basic is is that a brother and sister are traveling cross country. They're in a, they're in the middle of the United States of America. The, uh, they hear a little kid screaming from their car into this tall eight foot grass. They run into the grass, and all of a sudden they're like in a multiverse 
where time has changed, uh, everything is cha- it's it's weird, it's crazy. So that's a lot of my questions. Is I don't understand what's going on. Eric, well, you this, said you liked it. What's going on? This was a slow build, and I I didn't mind it just because um, it, it kind of leads you to ask your own questions. And again, early story development. I was I was on board. I didn't know anything about this, and so the way that it was building, it, it building how you how a, a horror movie or a movie like this should be built, where it doesn't insult the viewer. Um, it just lets you know briefly who these characters are, even though they they did have a few one-liners. I believe there was a Cal had a few fucking feeder lines in there, which is like, what? You're my sister, and he that guy who left you. Pregnant, you know, just kind of like those those one-liners that answer all the questions. Those were, right. He had a lot of those those lines, and those were really dumb. His character was really was really silly anyway, especially because of the uh, his little reveal at the end too, which was even weirder and really unnecessary, I think. But anyway, um, the movie starts with uh, this, you know, again circumstances where they hear this voice in this tall grass. Nice little effect, by the way, with the the condemned church and all the um, all the cars throughout the years that you can tell like this this kind of venus fly trap has kind of uh you know almost like uh just faded kind of uh trophies almost you know i thought that was a nice little key a nice little fun because i I had gone back um as this movie went on to check to see if there were cars there and there were cars that were not just to kind of see if there was continuity anyway it built up good questions asked what the hell is going on you are introduced kind of almost in a theatrical sense um how these characters are just talking through dialogue and introducing themselves. It's great. This movie goes downhill pretty quick. Um, right when it turns night, I would say. Or maybe even when um, the, uh, the the boyfriend or the, uh, the, the baby daddy uh, comes in. Oh, I forgot what his name Travis. is. Travis. Travis, that's right. And when he comes in, because that, that seems a little bit odd as well. This guy seems like he kind of, you know... So Journeyman knew what he was going to do a little bit, but he seemed to just kind of lose it real quick. And then we have there were so many more questions. Usually in this movie, you you get some sort of glimpses of what is happening. You get questions answered. I I was asking way many more more questions, and a lot of them never got answered. A lot of them just happened where it was just showing you one scene, and then they just never went back to that again. And I would have liked to have known that because in the beginning we get to see Tobin, who we were introduced very quickly. We had to see him touch and rock, and that was a big point in the movie, and that was just kind of, again, not addressed ever again. So I, I just don't understand how... Because there's multiple versions, right? There's multiple well, versions of this reality? But that's, that's just what it is, is that uh, when Travis is introduced, because that's when they kind of like this loop almost begins, or at least they were introduced to it, they don't really go into it a little bit uh, any more than that, Um I'm aware that, uh, at least from what I read in the cliff notes of the books, that uh, they allude to more victims coming in and being lost into this whole um, maze, this whole tall grass uh, kind of maze that uh, not only, I guess, contorts uh, space and time, but um, distance and just kind of, just well, just basically everything. Uh, it's really just a, a weird thing, and as I'm watching this, I'm sure you guys do it as well, too. You get a lot of, like, I don't know, like, just, just glimpses of being like, what else is this movie like? In, in your boredom, you're probably just like, okay, well, this movie is playing out like I, I have seen it before. This movie plays like Cube as if the Langoliers were in the Cube. Nice. 
Nice. Uh, right. Okay. So you completely yeah. don't like this. So what's going on, man? What's going on with this movie starts for you? Why don't you like this? I don't like the way it's shot. I don't like the acting. The only good thing about it, besides Patrick Wilson, which I'll Patrick Wilson's always great to me. the The only good thing about this movie is the scenario, the setup, I guess, the the tall grass and how it's told in these out of out of um, out of order storylines, where you know we meet the young, the pregnant woman and her brother. And then once it turns night, we meet the father of her her baby daddy. We meet her baby daddy as he's going to find them. And then, because when Travis first goes into the tall grass, Tobin already knows him, but he doesn't know Tobin. Um, and then uh, halfway through the movie, it goes to Ross, um, Patrick Wilson's character, his point of view as they get lost in the in the grass. Um. But that has nothing to do with the movie. That already existed from the the, the short book, from the short novel. Um, and it's just the cow is so bad in this movie, <laughs> and a lot of the, the dialogue is just atrocious. A lot of the cuts are seemingly unmotivated. They just cut because that's I guess that's what's expected in in major movies is you cut all the time. Um, and it's just it never grabbed me. And the whole bit, I, I I rolled my eyes and chuckled when Travis picks up the copy of Jane Eyre off the side of the road, mm-hmm. and it's just I don't know the the movie I, I from almost the first minute I thought was gonna be bad and it never changed my opinion mm. once. Okay, about this, like this movie to me, the reason why I thought this was interesting is because I thought everything because okay. When the sister and the brother first walk in, they don't hear Travis at all, right? Like, like they don't know Travis is there, and he's not there. So I think that every time a new person enters into the tall grass, there has to be a new multiverse. Ah, but Travis was referenced by by Ross and the mom, by uh, Natalie is her name. Yeah, is when uh, our main characters, or at least we're introduced to as uh, uh, Becky and Kel brother and sister when they first walk into the the grass and the dialogue hit starts we've already know about tobin the young boy and then we start to hear distress calls from his mother natalie and she a uh, member was wailing out saying don't go near that man we later then find out that, that man has probably been travis right so we or have ross this, his don't go near that man that your father maybe i but he has yet to to be turned at the, at this moment, which which he he does at least in this because what we're introduced to, and this is again later very uh, very lazily answered, in kind of put to our own imagination. I wonder if the book does a a better a better job of it. I hope it does, but that um, this loop starts with how we're watching it in this movie. There's like this this weird time loop, this weird day loop that they seem to kind of over and over again. And this day loop seems to also go over, uh, it could be a a number of years, months. It looks like it skips because uh, Travis came in, to his recollection, three months after they had gone missing. Two months after they had gone missing. Yeah. Or or something like that too. So it looks like the this thing is able to pick and choose this thing. The tall grass is able to pick and choose when it's able to kind of, I, I, again, I don't know if it's time related or, or whatever it else, but it's, it's lazy because the only answer that we get to it is later on 
when a bad guy is introduced in Patrick Wilson, at least for this timeline, and it's shown that he has repeatedly, kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure type book, has repeatedly uh, killed, kind of like in, in Hypercube fashion, you know, where it's it's just kind of over and over and over again. Well, that's what I'm saying is that because, okay, this is Stephen King, so every time you get something with a Stephen King story, there has to be something with an ancient Indian burial, gr- burial ground, right? And Patrick Wilson's character, towards the end of the movie, he reveals that he worships this huge rock. There's this huge, giant, like, Stonehenge kind of rock in the center of this uh, tall grass, and he makes a point very clear to the audience that this is the center of the United States. And he keeps on saying that, so I'm like, oh, okay, this is like an ancient Indian burial ground. And then later, when the pregnant girl is giving birth really horribly, uh, the ground around the rock opens up, and we see all these bodies kind of like coming out of hell kind of thing, praising her child. So was this whole point... Because this is an Indian burial ground, and they're trying to get a virgin sacrifice for no, a baby. No, those were those were all. Didn't you not see? Notice that it was all of the babies before. It keeps on going over and over, and every time the babies she gets before, birth, there were other babies when that when that that hole opened up. And I thought that was people, just regular were, people, not babies. There were, there were arms. There were people out there too. But I'm I'm quite sure that I saw different babies there. And then. It was in reference right after that we got to see the many different bodies of the dead cow that Patrick Wilson had killed. Was it? Right. Yeah, yeah because, because Patrick we, Wilson we, told him that, right? He said, once yeah. you went left, I killed you. You went right, I killed you. You made every decision, I killed you, right? Oh, no, it's something like, yeah, like you, you should have turned left, but you weren't right instead or something like that. But we're getting the idea that this is continuing, that this loop is happening over and over again. And so there's been so many different versions of this Cal that have, have crossed paths with this Patrick Wilson character with Ross and that, you know, he's been killed to it that why wouldn't it, the same thing happen with uh, this virgin birth, this, this baby sacrifice that, uh, that we see in Becky. Like, that's, that's what I saw. And that's what I'm assuming because the markings are on the stone itself. And we don't yeah, know if right? the stone is ancient. We don't know if it's alien, whatever it is. But it seems to operate um, purely off of dead babies. Well, also, too, because the camera loved to linger when Patrick Wilson got smacked in the face and his blood went over the rock. I thought the rock was going to start moving, you know, kind of like he behind, he who walks behind the roast, you know, children of the corn kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway, Ryan, come on, man. You hate this movie. I'm curious. Give me more here, bud. Why? I mean, like, I mean, things that we've talked about so far. What's What's going on in your head, man? No, it's just the movie's not good. The the there is a redeeming quality. I love. I, I'm a big fan of when a movie is willing to kill a baby, and that's kind of the central uh, point. That's like the big climax. And not only does she give birth, but then she hallucinates her brother feeding her something. And it does, again, the movie's not brave enough to explicitly state it, but I'm pretty sure it's it's Ross feeding her her recently born child. Absolutely. Which I mean. Yeah. That's a big plus for me, um, but oh, it's not enough to like make me like the movie. It's just it. This supposed to, this thing is supposed to be built on tension, right? You get all you, you're supposed to have these releases. There are various moments when he when Travis finds the dried up corpse of Becky, when they get into the confrontation in the bowling alley, when Ross um, brings them to the rock for the first time. 
these are supposed to be the moments where you, the tension is supposed to be the most. And then there's nothing. I felt absolutely nothing. Okay, well, how about this then? To, to, to interrupt you, to make the conversation going in, answer me this question then, Ryan. In the beginning of the movie, it's nighttime now, and no loop has started yet. And the pregnant woman hears a noise, and then this creature, or it looks like a person, comes out of the bushes, or comes out of the grass to get her. Who is that? Because that never comes back. Well, you see, at the, oh, see, I'm not exactly sure what part you're referencing. It's at, it's at, it's at, the, first it's at the first night. The first night before the loop starts, the pregnant woman's by herself, right? She starts hearing noises, and then she turns, and we get the jump scare of looks like a woman coming out of the tall grass and grabs her, and then the next scene is her rotting corpse. So is it's, that uh, her? That's, um, is that's that Natalie? Who? Isn't that Natalie that jumps out? The mom? Yeah. That's okay, fine. Natalie okay, out. fine. So that's but, Natalie. Like, but why would moments, Natalie go after her though? I don't think Natalie was going after. Her. I think Natalie just like was hearing the voices and ran into her. I mean, that's what I got out of it. Well, there's the thing is that this is where the other timelines, I feel that there are other timelines. So maybe in that one, Natalie uh, had touched the rock in that one. There are other timelines I, I, I have to feel there are because of a few reasons. One, in that instance, we got to see Becky's body completely out of the realm of, and they can't move dead bodies. That was the rule that we, we the one rule we have established in this uh, in this game is that um, no dead, nothing dead moves. Right, so those those are your breadcrumbs. Um, but I feel like in the first time, because Becky had died nowhere near the stone, and so I, I feel like that's that maybe was a uh, because of another another loop. And then we had the in the first night too, where Tobin, the kid, he was touching the rock and he was navigating. He was the one that was kind of going all around. Uh, whereas we see later on in the other loop that. He clearly was afraid of the rock and wasn't going wasn't going to touch it, um, because I guess that touching the rock corrupts you. By the way, or we can we can only assume where that kind of possesses you with with power or something like that. Possess so, you um, with with all knowledge, right? Or at least how to get through the maze, because you have these areas where um, they're like they're like tunnels. They're like they're you know they're like wormholes in the maze, right? Yeah, because the dog shows that, and we never bring it back, and we see Tobin touch the rock. I mean, like, Ryan, I thought this kind of movie you would really get into because of its artistic douchebaggery. It was, it was messy, though. It, it's it's like it's not necessarily a, a story, uh, uh, even though the story is kind of, we already heard it before, it just seemed to kind of be a different setting, you know, just kind of put a new coat of paint on an old story. Um, but again, it's, I think, I think to, to Ryan's credit, what he's trying to say, it, the movie was just kind of done sloppily. Like, like I'm, I'm left with more questions. I, I feel like maybe the director was just like, yeah, it's good enough, put it in. And, well, no, like I, and they move, it's and they not it that in. I have more questions. I think that, I, I, I mean, for do. me, for the, for me, the movie answered all the main questions I think it was trying to get across. There are, there are intricacies, like you're talking about with the infinite loops and everything like that. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think that it's the ultimate goal. Um, to have those like little side mysteries going on, I just feel, and it's not like I'm attracted to artistic douchebaggery. Oh, you heard that. It's just that, <laughs> yeah. It's just that when, 
movies are artful and they're done artfully and they're done incredibly well by master filmmakers, then yeah, that's something that should intrigue everyone. And, and if, if you like movies, you should be fine with it. But this, um, this, it does come across. There are certain moments um, where there's, it's usually CGI inserts and things like that, that do come across as a guy who is kind of full of his, of himself with his own vision. Right. And that is, that's a turnoff. Um, I've never seen Cube. I hear it's very good. It's usually when you like when you read stuff about Canadian film, they always reference Cube. That's like one of the big movies. Yeah. Um, uh, but I've never seen it. I know this this guy made Cube, um, but it feels like this was made by someone who's never made like a big movie before. Yeah, Cube wasn't a big movie. Yeah, I mean his 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 ridiculous artistic vision of the camera moving and so many acute angles and all the way around in 360 to see CG grass. It's like, oh my God, like that's so ridiculous. Um, a part of the movie that kind of took me out of it is uh, Tobin, who's a little kid, who is a creepy bug-eyed little fucker, by the way. Like, w- great casting when it comes to that, right? I mean, the kid scared the shit out of me. He looked like one of the kids from Children of the Corn. Um they uh, they get a bright idea. I will come up with this idea, guys. Hey, kid, get on my shoulders. You're taller than the grass when you're on my shoulders so we can see if there's any buildings. That was a smart idea. You guys got to give the movie that credit, right? No, and, because no. he got on the okay. shoulders of the shortest person. Yeah, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to correct myself. You're right, because when they, they eventually ran to Patrick Wilson Ross, who is Tobin's dad, Travis said, hey, dude, get back on my shoulders. If I was the kid's dad, I'd be like, eh, we... Yeah, also, Patrick Wilson was a, was a solid six inches taller than taller than that dude. But they but they find this building, and they're going to it, you know, and then, you know, the pregnant lady gets evil dead grass raped? Like in yeah. the Evil Dead, how she get raped by a tree? She gets grass raped because we got CG of grass going around the baby, at the go around the fetus in her. Yeah, yeah, sure. So she, well, that's just that's just her becoming one with the grass. Okay, well, I got another question about becoming one with the grass here in a second. But what takes me out of the movie completely is they find this abandoned bowling alley in the grass. Are they out of the loop at this point in time? Or are they still in the loop? Why is this here? Is this actually real? You know what I mean? Like, what's with the bowling alley in the middle of the grass? Because we see him, Travis, passing that bowling alley before he gets to the church on the road. And the bowling well, alley... Same could be said for the, for the church. <laughs> I would think that these are um, probably structures that, once upon a time, somebody had thought, like, oh, here's a, you know, a big chunk of vacant property. Maybe I'll... Uh, built something here. There was once a town there, but it probably failed because of uh, well, because of the ancient um, rock. Here's here's a I have a just a quick question. If um, the all the cars at the church had stayed preserved, uh, you'd think that maybe something at the bowling alley would also stay preserved, huh? That's why I'm wondering: is the bowling was the bowling alley in tall grass? I took the the church and the bowling alley as anchors, sure. Um, uh, like for this, the whatever power is, like I know the rock is the source, um, but like there's there has to be to me there has to be some sort of end point, right? Something tying it to this this these 
specific domains is tall grass. And I took the um, bowling alley and the church to be two of the anchors because um, Stephen King wrote the Dark Tower series, a lot of his books the reference the dark tower series it's like super important through all of his novels and even some of his short stories and there are these beams uh in in um the world oh man why am i not i can't think of the name anyway so there's these beams that run across the world the dark tower takes place in and there are four gods that guard them one at each end of the two beams um and so i just i just took that concept and applied it to this. So that's why I feel like the bowling alley, like it exists how it does, and the church exists how it does, because it's like an ancient force that's controlling yeah, sure. this tall grass. They both did have um, access points, or um, exit points as well, too. So like They was, did, yeah. There was the grass in front of the bowling alley. So I don't know if that was just saying something that um, a, a patch of grass had enough power uh, to kind of uh, do that in the bowling alley. Maybe it's the grass itself. Or... Um, that uh, there was something started by the church that maybe there was some sort of religion that they had, and maybe again the book maybe can answer this, that um, they had just kind of really were focused around the center of uh, America and made, put a rock there and made all the carvings into it themselves. And uh, I again, mean, definitely the I, children I, of the corn. Well, because I want to go back to that church because like that's where Tobin escapes from. He he gets pushed out of. By Travis, who who touches the rock and gets you know the uh, the the foresight to, to kind of um, see the the maze that it is and all the answers and pushes Tobin out before he himself Travis becomes consumed right right and when he pushes Travis out or Tobin out of uh, whatever loophole whatever corner you know whatever whatever patch of grass he comes out in the room of the only room of the church and so that that has to be connected some way. It has to be, because here goes my last question. When she was giving birth at the end in front of uh, Stonehenge, what was all? What was with all the grass people? My my question is, that's my question, but this is my theory behind the question, is that this is clearly not the first group of people that has gone through this tall grass. So, And we see what happens to Travis at the end of this movie. So are all these grass people... Like And everybody who's listening to the show, when I say grass people, use your imagination. I literally mean grass people. Um, are these all not Travis himself? Are these all pseudo-Travises? Are these all people that have sacrificed the rest of the group to escape and leave? So I, what is with the grass people? What is with this movie? No, I'm serious. I mean, what is with the grass people? That makes no sense. I took it as... So we saw the people that were sacrificed, and all the people that died, um, trying to fight the force of the of the of the Black Rock of the Redeemer. Was it Church Rock, Church of the Black Rock of Redeemer, or something like that? Sure, or, you know more about this than I do, but okay. Well, they, they it's a so tended camera shot on it, Jordan. Yeah, uh, at the beginning. Um, or I, I think it's when. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um. I took it as the, the, the bodies you see under the earth are the people who were sacrificed or who died fighting. And all the people who um, we saw that were the naked grass people are people like Ross, people who touched the rock mm-hmm. and just gave in, gave in to the power and gave in to the knowledge. Yeah. So then who's Travis then? Is Travis the one that was fighting 
that is buried underneath the rock, or is Travis the Ross and is the grass people? He's the grass people. He touched. He touched the stone. So Maybe if you touch the stone, could a, you leave though? But this is where a thing is: is that this is where I have to ask the question about different versions. And the other thing is, um, again, with the cars, because we only have three cars involved, newer cars. If we're going to talk about one Chevy truck, one uh, Sonata or whatever minivan they were driving, and then whatever wagon that uh, or that uh, Patrick Wilson was driving, there were like six, eight other cars there, man. So where did what happened to those people? Did, did you guys they did, yeah loot themselves in, into death? Where it was just one by one by one, or or like how does it like I want to know how this how this works. I had we got an answer in Cube. At least that's a trilogy. So. Uh, I we had to wait for that. The second one that you could pass because they include this whole the time thing, and it plays actually it plays out like this movie. To be honest with you, Hypercube, Cube Two plays a lot like this movie, and that's why you probably shouldn't see it. But at the same part, uh, um, you at least got an answer to it. So I wonder if this is going to be it won't added be on to. Well, no, it won't. A lot of people are bored, Jordan. So we'll. Yeah, we are bored, and I think we're getting bored with the conversation, but before we end, I don't know if you guys noticed one of the cars. It was a 1958 Chevy. That is Christine. Christine there. Have you guys noticed one of the cars at the church? Yeah, it shows the grill. Yeah, I figured you guys would. I caught that, but I don't know if you guys caught that. Look, this movie was very confusing, and I'm curious what your your guys' review on this one is going to be here, so we'll go with it. Let's go into our popcorn ratings. Ryan... I'm so at the edge of my seat. <laughs> what is going to be your popcorn rating for in the tall grass? Large bag. <laughs> I figured you were yeah. going to give it a bag of kernels. See, well, it's... I I don't... Unless a movie really lets me down or I think really fails on almost every level, I'm, I'm very hesitant to give bag of kernels i've given no bags before i gave one to rise of skywalker i gave one to hobbs and shaw um but i you know i don't know i feel like there was a lot more expected of those those types of movies than this one this movie fails on a lot of levels the acting for the most part is fairly poor travis is okay becky natalie um cal horrendous just like community theater level nonsense tobin's okay he's not great but he's a little kid so you kind of give him a break patrick wilson's just amazing i've said this throughout the whole review i love patrick wilson um it's shot very bland uh there are moments where you get the cgi stuff but there's no cinematic moments no cinematic visuals um that are that are to be found in this movie and the story itself is interesting but that's not the movie's doing that existed before the movie was even thought of. So I don't like this movie. I don't like it at all, but I'm not going to give it a bag of kernels. I'm actually going to give it a small bag. It's a very small bag, very small bag. Maybe like my wife has had it in her hand for three fourths of the movie and I'm just reaching over to grab some. Um, But the story itself is interesting. The setup is good. Patrick Wilson Plays a crazy person, like a man descending into madness very well, very entertainingly. Um, so there are some redemptive qualities, but I, 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 I'm not necessarily going to recommend this movie to anybody. <laughs> wow. See, I thought you were going to go with a bag of kernels. I thought this was bag of kernels all around. Okay. Uh, Eric, 
what's going to be your popcorn I, rating for In the Tall Grass? You know, as I hear Ryan talk, it reminds me of something that I'm really the biggest question that I have in this movie was uh, how much did this cost to get made? Because there was not much of going out of scenes. Uh, it, it was it, you're basically in the tall grass with these people from the majority of the movie for the for the entire movie for the entire movie. Damn right? near, oh, damn near. Besides the bowling alley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you're there. A few sh- shots of the church, but I mean, in the bowling alley. But I mean, what, that's a that's a day of closed set. Really easy. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like this was done on a weekend. This movie, almost, you know, it's it, like those people who shot the, the TV show in Ikea. It's it's just, I feel like it's easy to do. Um, I'm not, I don't I'm, I'm I want to give it like a, a I want to give it a small bag. I don't want to give it, I don't know, man, this movie, I'm not eager to see this one again. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I, I really wouldn't, like, it, it, I was engaged in the first part of it. I really was. But then it just fell off so bad, kind of like in the level of, like, Exorcist Beginnings or, like, Secret Window, you know, where uh, or the entire series of Game of Thrones where I was just, I was in it, and then the ending happened, and you're just like, oh, well, that sucked. That ruined everything, didn't it? You know? <laughs> uh, De Niro's hide-and-seek, you know what I mean? Like these movies where it's just like you you were good. We were all the way through it, buddy. You just had to close. You just had to finish, and you couldn't do it. And that's what this movie was. If you want to see this movie, I recommend watching the Cube series. Honestly, they they did the same thing, and they did a lot better. Um, hands hands down. And then obviously the, the director uh, felt the same way as he just tried to make the same movie he, like he did in 1997. So. Um, a half bag, half half bag of half a small bag. So it's almost a kernel, and it's almost a small bag. Wow, there's some saving saving grace, and I do agree with Ryan that Patrick Wilson is is just. And I told you, Drew, when you called me, that I I just kind of I just kind of I don't know jerked off Patrick Wilson for a good five minutes there. I, I'm he's just a great guy. I I want a hug from him. I really do. I bet you, I bet you, he like I bet you his breath smells great. Not just him as a person, but like he could like. <laughs> Like like his like his breath uniquely is different from you know and it just smells good. But that that guy really. But you can cut a turkey out of Thanksgiving at dinner, you know that guy. So my struggle is my wife and I had no idea what we we're getting ourselves into. I already explained at the beginning of the show why I picked this movie for our schedule, so I'm not going to rehash that. But uh, we started watching it, and I could tell because I like to watch my wife sometimes when I watch movies to see how her reactions are, her body language, and we were into it. Uh, I would say about 50, 20 minutes into it. We were into it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it jumped the shark pretty quick for us. And um, I was torn today of deciding if this was going to be a bag of kernels or a small bag. Because a bag of kernels, like Ryan, you said it perfectly. Like, is this movie actually a bag of kernels? Like, is it just that god-awful? Like, is this tank girl bad? You know, like, is this bad? Um... It's not Tank Girl bad, so I'm gonna have to go with a go with a small bag. This is a movie that nobody should see. <laughs> um, I'll be surprised if you are listening to this review right now and are downloading. It's like, oh, I want to listen to it in the tall grass. No, you don't, because <laughs> this movie's not good. So maybe maybe this maybe our review would be more interesting than the movie itself. Maybe 
think we just summed up everything. Uh, I think uh, we about did it too. And like any questions that 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 would be. Uh, oh, they they make it by the way the twist that I maybe that I alluded to and I didn't say before is that Kel apparently has some sort of incestuous crush on his sister, and it's just like why it just seems so so fucking Stephen King. By the way, to put something inappropriately sexual in there, it, you might as well just just couldn't Tarantino just might as well just make a, a foot movie if we're gonna you know keep it going in, in in that direction. It just seems like so just like why stop it? We don't need yeah. it. Yeah, there is there is no reason for the gangbang in the sewers in Dairy Maine, Stephen King. There's no reason for incest here. Well, he tries to explain it, but it it doesn't matter. You it doesn't matter. You know, I you, I've seen it in what was it, Stand by Me, where they did Blood Brothers. Like, you know, you, you could have done the same thing there. Right, could have. You know what I got out of this episode? Hmm. Now that we're almost done here. That you want to go see Cube? No, I think we should do an episode about how awesome Patrick Wilson is. Oh, there you go. Actor, an actor highlight. We can call it Patrick Wilson, American Legend. Actor's delight there. And can the can the image of the episode be him standing Superman pose with American flag and bald eagle? Oh yeah, in his underwear? Fucking yeah. Okay. I mean this guy's been in a lot of stuff. I'm looking up his uh with him right now. With him with his one foot standing on top of the coronavirus. Hmm. If you I could, figured it's like flying on a bald eagle or something, but yeah, I mean that works too. Work work on work on the graphic. Work on the. I will work. Anybody want to do that graphic for us out there listening? That'll be wonderful. Uh, what also is going to be wonderful is something that I'm really interested in seeing because this one is going to be longer from what I've read. But we're next week we're, we're going to be reviewing our longest movie, I believe, a movie guy's history podcast here with the Last Temptation of Christ. I think this is longer than the Irishman. No. No. Okay. I think it's like two hours and forty some odd minutes. So it's just under Titanic. Okay. Yeah, great, great pick. By the way, love these. Uh, love hey, this volume. will be interesting. This is going to be our Easter special show. We never done an Easter special before, but we will be doing uh, the Martin Scorsese take on Jesus of Nazareth. So that will be interesting because I've never seen it. Like everybody talked about, I was in film school. It was never my bag. But now I know that Willem Dafoe is playing Jesus. I mean, I have to see Willem Dafoe play Jesus. I mean, why Why wouldn't I? You go hop. Right. We, we, we could hop. do hop. hop. We could do hop. Jack Rabbit, whatever it's called. So, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Make sure to check us out on social media, like always. And Eric and Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. We'll be back next week for our Easter special of Last Temptation of Christ. Have a good night.